0: Of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. Today's episode will be the first part of a two part special. And for this episode, I wanted to take a moment to really touch on the challenges and the sacrifices made by medical professionals all around the country. Today, I'll be talking to Katie Manley. Now, Katie has been in the medical field for pretty much 20 years, 20 years now. She is currently a flight nurse, and she's been working in emergency rooms all over since she was 17 years old. And so if you're wondering what a flight nurse is, what they actually do, well, Katie's going to explain that in just a moment, but um, it is not an easy job. It's this is not an easy job at all. They are some of the people brought in when you know you're trying to transport patients with one in one way or another um, a severe condition, and you're transporting them outside of the normal limits of a helicopter. Sometimes you're talking about international transport. You know this is not easy work, and she's been doing it for a very long time. So this first part is going to be you know we're going to be talking more about. The challenges, the the things, some of the things that she's seen and experienced uh, working in emergency rooms and, you know, in her current job as a flight nurse. Enjoy. Uh, First, Katie, um, you know, how are you doing today? And, you know, how have you been lately?
1: Uh, today's a good day. Today is my second day back from my last rotation. So yesterday I kind of just spent catching up on some rest. So today's kind of, I kind of considered today being day one of getting back because I'm pretty much useless when I get back from a rotation. Um, but today's a good day.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You know, that rotation is, you know, based upon your job, which, we're about to get into. If you can just tell me a little bit about your background, how long have you worked in the medical field?
1: I started in medicine when I was 16 years old. Always knew that I wanted to do something in medicine, but kind of didn't really have a direct path in what I wanted to do. I mean, at some point I wanted to be a veterinarian and be, you know, do medicine with animals, but started with In the human medical field, we'll say, when I was 16, I started volunteering at uh, Huntington Fire Department and got my EMT the winter of being 17, Um, so the, the December before we graduated high school. And I was in the CNA program in high school. So in my junior and senior year, went to the Votech program to get my CNA. So I graduated high school with that. And uh, just right out of high school when, I'm, when I left and when started going to college, I got a job in an ER. So straight out of high school at 17 years old, been working in an ER ever since. Got my... Associates degree from Anne Arundel Community College in 2014, and then got my bachelor's degree from Chamberlain College of Nursing in 2017.
0: And these degrees were in nursing.
1: Yes, yes, both of the associates degree in nursing and then the bachelor's of science in nursing.
0: Gotcha. That actually goes into my next question. Um, I I understand you know now you are a flight nurse, and um, I was I'm wondering you know how did you become a flight nurse and and what exactly does that job entail?
1: I became a flight nurse. Uh, just I just started at this company in May of 2021, and I got into it because of a mutual friend and a, well an acquaintance that became a friend that I took a travel assignment with. We were both um, assigned to a hospital in York, Pennsylvania. And after that assignment, she had just been posting pictures on Facebook saying, you know, here I am um, cave diving in Punta Cana or in the Dominican Republic and look at this sunset and look at this sunrise and, you know, just some really awesome things. So I just messaged her and said, hey, you know, what are you doing with your life? This looks amazing. This looks so much fun. And I would love that. And she said, yeah, you know, forward me your resume. And I did. And she sent it to HR and the rest is history. I got a call the next week and I've been doing flight nursing on a fixed wing transport company for since then, since June, my orientation was the end of May. So I've been flying since June.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. That's pretty awesome. Okay. And and, and with that job, um, I guess you're, you're transporting patients from one place to another mainly or?
1: So we transport, we do all kinds of transports um, and for a variety of different needs. It's an international company. So a lot of what we do is when people get hurt uh, when they're on vacation and they need to be repatriated back to the United States. Um, I actually just transported someone from Jamaica to New York uh, this past rotation. Um, yeah. And uh, But we do, we have contracts with different uh, spinal injury programs, um, so spinal centers, brain injury programs for neurological centers, uh, cancer treatment centers, pediatric specialty centers. So we'll take peds kids that have a a specific diagnosis, but only certain hospitals across the country will treat those issues. So we'll, we'll fly them even if there's not an immediate medical concern or that we need to deliver treatment through the transport, just a matter of getting them there um, so that they can have a consult and initiate treatment and get things rolling for, for a healthier life.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, my understanding is also, you know, you previously spent a lot of time working in emergency rooms. What sorts of different patients did you deal with there? And, and what sorts of injuries, you know, or, or ailments um, did you see most often?
1: So when I first uh, when I first started working, I worked at Greater Baltimore Medical Center for five years. I worked at Anna Rundle Medical Center for ten years. Then I moved to Pennsylvania. I worked at Hershey Medical Center for a year and a half, and then then started with travel nursing, where I only was able to do one assignment. That one assignment in New York, but in all of these different Centers, the GBMC and Rundle, with them being community centers, community medical centers, they don't have trauma specific. Hershey does. So Hershey's a level one trauma center for PEDs and adults. So that would be the only addition to what they treat from the from the basic community centers. But in ERs across the country, you'll see. Everything. You'll see a wide variety of injuries and ailments, ranging anywhere from strokes and heart attacks, overdoses, uh, complications from chronic conditions, mental health crisis, um, and then also seasonal conditions, which is what I would think that we would see the most often would be related to seasonal changing. So, take right now, for example, you would see a lot of flu-like symptoms that would overwhelm the system. Right now, it's COVID overwhelming the system, but in years past, this season would be flu season. So we would have geared up for the anticipation of flu season at, at this time. And then we would also see a lot of people coming in for chest pain and heart attacks because they've had to exert themselves by shoveling snow and they otherwise don't have an exercise plan in place. Um, so the overexertion just kind of works their system a little bit too much and end up with some chest pain or some cardiac problems because of that, or also related to the snow, people can't get out and get their routine medications. So in that there would be a complication of their chronic conditions. Um, and then unfortunately, there also seems to be a lot of overdoses around the holidays. So those are the, um, The seasonal events that I referred to as being kind of what we would prepare for or what we would see most often is just they kind of they're kind of cyclical and just depend on what the season brings.
0: Gotcha. Well, okay. well, could you please um, could you just please tell me a little bit about uh, trauma in your own words? What are its most common symptoms? That sort of thing.
1: Well, I will say that trauma is a, it's a, it's a touchy subject for those of us in the medical field or those of us in the first responder field. So fire, EMS, police, first responders, dispatchers, and those of us that work in an emergency room, we're not really known for having the greatest coping mechanisms because think about it, we're, we're not just experiencing trauma or one trauma over and over again we're experiencing several traumas back to back, you know, in at least one, a shift, even at times Um, there, there's just multiple traumatic events that we witness that we have to, we have to work with it. You know, we have to just kind of put the, put those emotions in check and dig them down so that we can get the job done. So in doing that us as a group, tend to have a pretty sick and dark twisted sense of humor because again, you know, laughter is the best medicine, right? So if we have to laugh about something and laugh about something related to something traumatic, we're, we're going to find something dark in it. And that sounds so bad, but it's just kind of a a reality in this line of work. And then there's generally, you know, there's there's a high rate of Addiction, specifically alcohol, that runs throughout this community, I'll call it. Gotcha. Just because we, we're not really, we're, we don't have a great coping mechanism and we're not the greatest patients either. <laughs> right. But um, other symptoms for PTSD would include uh, disconnecting, disconnecting from your social network, from those that are close to you. And just kind of having some avoidance issues. A lot of people have trouble sleeping, whether that's just not sleeping or with nightmares or night terrors. Uh, we tend to have quick, short tempers, mood swings, panic attacks that come out of nowhere. Um, those are, those are pretty common symptoms of PTSD.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I have to say, um, you know, I can't really imagine the amount of the level of difficulty um, members members of this community have to deal with, but you know the work that you're doing is incredible. It's absolutely amazing. So um, thank you very much for what you're doing. I just want to just say that one. You know, just put that out there. It's really amazing what you have been doing and what so many people within your community have been doing um, for all of us as citizens. So thank you. Now, as far as um, as far as that goes. You know what sorts of trauma have you encountered and and dealt with in patients? and um, of all the patients you've you've helped over the years, is there someone who particularly sticks out to you?
1: So I've definitely I've treated patients with all sorts of trauma imaginable imaginable, whether that be physical, mental, emotional, and sexual, you know just trauma of the nth degree. I think kids, by and far and most of my colleagues would agree if not all of my colleagues would agree with this one is that their kids are the ones that stick with us the most the absolute worst situation that i've been involved with that that i was a nurse for is a young girl that was exposed to and and had every type of trauma that i just listed the physical emotional mental, sexual, uh, every every type of trauma there is available, she had it. And that one is one that still haunts me. But conversely, you know, there's other events and other traumas that have had positive outcomes or that are things that you can reflect back on, on in a positive light. Um, so one of the patients that has particularly stuck out with me for that is when I was on orientation as a new nurse. So I was only um, I was only a couple months in at that point because we get a six-month orientation as, as a new grad, not now, unfortunately, but at that time. So I, I might've been two two months in, three months in. There was an older gentleman or I don't know, he wasn't really older, he was a middle-aged gentleman that came in um, with some weakness, with a little bit of abdominal pain, um, kind of nonspecific. But in some of the descriptors that he used, it kind of gave me a red flag to call our CAT scan department and kind of urgently request his his CAT scan. And it turned out that he had an ascending uh, aortic aneurysm, which was is very very life threatening, uh, very very survival or small survival rate, very super thin chances. But he did survive, and his daughter. I was actually friends with a coworker of mine who worked in the ER, um, friend of mine. So I was able to get updates on his progress and things that he was able to attend in his life because of the treatment that we ended up providing him. Now we had to fly him to a specialty center for that. Um, that one, he ended up flying by helicopter. The company that I worked for is one that does transports that are outside of the range of a helicopter. So they're longer distance, but this guy, you know, got flown from Annapolis to university of Maryland and he was able to get the intense, I believe it ended up being a 22 hour surgery to fix him, to give him his life back. And he was able to, you know, go do all these different events. And being that I was friends with his daughter's friend, um, I was able to get those updates and that's been a positive, you know, patient experience that has and still does stick with me that, you know, when, when the negatives start filtering in, I I've got other ones that I can kind of think back on and reflect on and kind of battle, battle the, um, battle the negative with the positives.
0: right. Well, see, that kind of goes into my next question. Um, What would you say are some of the biggest challenges you face as a flight nurse?
1: As a flight nurse, um, staying hydrated is difficult (laughs) because uh, not all of our jets have lavatories on them. (laughs) Um, Changing altitude multiple times in a day is very challenging on the body itself um, because we fly over the commercial airlines. Commercials will do... In the 20s to 30s, we'll go up into the 40s, almost to 50,000 feet in altitude. Our schedule is eight days on, six days off. Um, and then, like I mentioned before, with my first day being home, I'm kind of useless. So I give myself nine days on, five days off. So that schedule in itself is challenging to you know, maintain home life, to maintain relationships, Uh, with your friends and family and stuff, because you're, you're limited on the time that you have available, right? So doing, you know, friend dates and different things like that, just to be able to maintain a a social cycle and a social life in general. In addition, you know, that that time away, it's difficult to uh, maintain routines, you know, if you are have like dietary restrictions, or if you routinely work out when you're home between eight and nine in the morning or if you you know just different things that you do while you are at home um to establish a routine it's it's nearly impossible to keep that all while you're on the road and while you're doing this travel. Uh because when we go out, we never know where we're going, when we're going, when we're coming back, where we're sleeping that night.
0: Gotcha. Uh, wow.
1: So just um those are specific challenges, and then in addition to that, our jet being as small as it is, uh, regarding patient needs themselves, we're restricted on the on the space and personnel. So, if we were if we were in an ER or you know responding to a nine one one call, um, we'd have available resources and personnel to help, or you know just even just room to to move around. So if, if something happens in the air on the jet, it's just me and my partner and we have the entire time that it would take for us to alert the pilots to, to make an emergency landing for just me and my partner to, to get done what we can. So we're limited on the, the personnel and the space and the resources to just what's available on the jet.
0: All right. So that concludes this episode. Next week we will have more from Katie Manley. Uh, that will be part two of this two-parter. For that episode, we will be talking more about um, the challenges faced by um, ER nurses and her challenges she's facing now as a flight nurse, specifically in the face of COVID, of COVID nineteen, the new and um, the new and crazy challenges nurses all over the country, doctors all over the country, medical professionals all over the country are facing now and what we can do as regular citizens to help them. That's going to be next week. Um, as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, feel free to um, give it a rating, you know, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google or Spotify or Overcast or whatever it might be. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, I hope you will be listening next week. Have a great day, everyone.